0: The name's Time. Greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, Casino Royale.
1: The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. Come on and hear me now. The, 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 the greatest movie party podcast is the greatest movie podcast.
0: Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time podcast. The show in which I, your co host, The Dynamite Kid Rick Barrasso,
1: and I, Deck Bosky. Big we're, Dick Bosky.
0: Oh, we're gonna watch every single movie ever made, and we're gonna help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Eric?
1: Pretty damn good. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing tremendous because we just watched a. Well, we'll talk about what we think about it. We just watched our first James Bond movie, the first those, the first of what the uh, twenty. Uh, Five-ish. 25, yeah, 25, 26 this year that we'll have to get through. Yeah, that, if, if, if that ever comes out.
1: If that
0: ever comes out. Let's hope. But yeah, we are uh, becoming double O agents today with Casino Royale, but let's take care of some business first. Last week, we had friend of the show, Steve Constantino on uh, for The Big Lebowski. That was an incredibly fun episode. Check that one out or any of our library. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Whatever app you find podcasts on, we're there. Uh, subscribe to the show, review it, five stars only, and that'd be extremely helpful for the show. Now, if you enjoyed an episode, you had something to say about it, or if you have any other movie you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We are the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We're at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And of course, as our old friend Bruce Wayne, who is kind of a spy, uh, would say. <laughs> Tell your friends, my name is Wayne Bruce Wayne. And about the podcast. But now
1: that is a line from the movie Batman. It is. Right. Yes,
0: it is. My name is Wayne. Swear to me. <laughs> but now we are going all in. With Casino Royale. Casino Royale is a 2006 James Bond spy action thriller. It is directed by Martin Campbell. Stars the debuting as James Bond, Daniel Craig, uh, Eva Green as Vesper Lind, Mads Mikkelsen as Le Chief, and Dame Judi Dench as M. It made $616.5 million on a $150 million budget. It's getting eight on IMDb. A 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, or Tomatoes, as they would say, over the pond in England, and an 80% on Metacritic. Ah. It's the same. IMDb and Metacritic are the same in this one. All right. Ebert, four out of four. It said it solved all the complaints he's had about the franchise, and some that he didn't even know he had. (laughs) Peter Travers says uh, 3.5 out of four, and that Daniel Craig greatly improved the series. Uh, For a negative one, Tom Long of Detroit News, he said the movie kind of tries to have it both ways, be fun and serious, and as a result, doesn't really work for him. So, Derek, do you remember when you first saw this one?
1: I sure do. I remember uh, graduating from high school in 2005 and uh, going to the movie theater in 06 to see this. I'm a giant James Bond fan. Uh, I went and I saw this, it blew my fucking socks off. Like I said, I, I like I said, I'm a big Bond fan. I've seen them all several times. I could talk about Bond forever, the villains, the gadgets, the women, the, the everything. Uh, I'm a massive James Bond fan and the uh, casino Royale really, uh, shot my expectations high for Bond films to come out after that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember it. And, uh, Yeah, great, great, great time seeing it, and uh, I've seen it maybe, maybe like eight to ten times I've seen Casino Royale, so how about you, Rick?
0: Yeah, I've probably seen it like three or four times at this point. I do remember seeing it the first time because I was a freshman in college at the time. I had, I wanted to see it, I had nobody to go to the movies with me that day, so I just went alone, I was out of class early, it was like a Wednesday afternoon. I was like, yeah, let me just drive down to the movie theater. I can, I can just go see a movie whenever I want. I'm in college now. And I, I saw this one and I, it was one of those movies that I wish I did have someone to talk to with me at the theater because it just like, I knew they were going for something different because die another day was, I mean, whatever you think of it, just the, the excesses of the series were on display.
1: Yeah. You know, with the of the day, it was like the, 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 the dialogue was, was dog shit. The jokes were bad. The, the invisible car. It was like, yes. let's get, let's get back to basics.
0: Yes. And I think this movie owes a lot to Batman Begins. And that, that was my take on it. When I, when I first saw it, it was like, okay, this is, they saw the success that, that Batman had like just taking away all the, because I mean, you look at it like Dine of the Day and Batman and Robin so hyper-stylized and like kind of nonsensical. And then it's like, back to basics.
1: And what do you do? What do you do? You grab the director who started, the 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 best Brosnan one was GoldenEye. Yeah. You get Martin Campbell back to do Casino Royale, and it was such a smart move.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about what happens in this one. And as with a lot of James Bond movies, there's a lot of plot in this movie. So I'll do my best to condense it. <laughs> but uh, Derek, do you have a... Uh, a, a song picked out to tie me out on Spotify.
1: I do, and usually I'm Trixie, but today I'm going just straight for the throat. Chris Cornell, rest in peace, he does the theme for this one, You Know My Name. Uh, so are you ready?
0: I'm ready, count me down.
1: Tres, dos, uno, go.
0: Newly minted 00 agent James Bond stops a plot by criminal money man Le that would have netted the villain the villain millions. In order to stop Le Chiffre from making it back and to bring him into MI6, Bond infiltrates a poker game with Vesper Lind, treasury representative. After some difficulty, an assassination attempt, and some torture, Bond wins the money and gets the girl. Except he doesn't get the girl. She turns out to have stolen his winnings and pay off the same organization that was after Le Chiffre. Vesper dies in Bond's arms, ensuring Bond will not become attached to women in the future.
1: 26 seconds. Nicely done. All
0: right. All right. So that's...
1: You know, it. I got to say, I, I got to say, this is a good theme song. It's like right in the middle for me out of all the theme songs. Uh, I think Casino Royale is much better than Quantum, but I think Quantum's song by Jack White is much better than this one, personally.
0: The problem with Quantum of Solace is that it was written during the writer's strike. So basically what we saw was a first draft.
1: Right, right. I mean, the action sequences were phenomenal, but the story was maybe like like D (laughs) minus.
0: Yeah. So, I mean... with the Craig Bond movies thus far, it's kind of been alternating. <laughs> the, the, the odd movies have been very good. The the even movies have been maybe a little disappointing. Although right. I, I I do like Spectre. Right,
1: I think we're movies. on the same page there. I think I think quantum's yeah. quantum's probably the worst. Spectre's yeah. right behind it, but I, I kinda like Spectre too.
0: I like so. aspects of Spectre. Yeah. I think there's it kind of meanders. I honestly I think the best part of Spectre. Is really when they reference this movie, when, yeah. You know when when Blofeld is like, ah, Vesper Lynn, she was the big one,
1: right? Yeah,
0: you know, and it's just like Spectre is almost a direct sequel to this. You know, yeah. if, if not yeah. if not for like the M stuff, which you, you right. need the other ones for, but like the the main Bond story is like almost direct sequel to this, definitely B- because you can. I mean, the the big thing about Quantum Solace that I was disappointed in was like the whole like quantum is the,
1: the big daddy, the but but well, not quantum. really.
0: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, just make it Spectre. Just make it like, right. Just make they, that be the, the organization. That's what everybody wanted. They anyway.
1: try to just keep unraveling new layers, every movie. And it was like, yeah. And then Blofeld's like, I've been the director of all your pain. And it's like, how <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? It was we just kind of kind
0: of brothers. Your my father, you stayed with us for a couple, remember?
1: It would have been we nice if they, the, if, if they planted the if they planted Blo- the blow, blow felt stuff. They hinted at it in earlier films like like Casino and um and Quantum, just a little hints here and there. So when we did see it in Spectre, it, it became a lot more Here's, important to and us. And this is
0: quickly becoming like a Spectre one. The the I what should have happened is. It he should not have been Blofeld. Blofeld, it should have been um, Andrew Scott. Was he really Blofeld the whole time?
1: Oh, I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah, like because it was, it was just so. Although that would have been kind of hammy because he was Moriarty and Sherlock. And it's like, oh, can he just be the secret villain of every movie? I say yes. But <laughs> I, don't,
1: I, I mean, I, I love, I love Christoph Waltz. He's the, great, uh, and he could
0: have well. the same thing. But at the very end just be like, I'm not actually Blofeld. I'm just a guy who doesn't like you. And actually, Blofeld is like out screwing over MI6, and now he's the villain of the series. Right, that right. would have been what I would do, but. Uh, you know, layers upon layers of Blofeld conspiracy,
1: and I'm assuming for the next Bond film, we're going to see uh, a very Hannibal Lecter type Blofeld. Uh, be- it seems you know what that I mean? way. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So
0: it seems. I just hope Rami Malek is. Uh,
1: Apparently, according yeah. to according to Craig, this is the villain that gets under Bond's skin. So I'm hoping that's that comes out, you know, on on, on screen. Well,
0: I think, I mean, let's let's get to the movie. But I, I mean, I have yep. some predictions for that. We can uh, we can talk about it another time. So let's talk about our favorite scenes in this movie, our three favorite scenes as we do every week. Derek, what is your number three favorite scene?
1: All right. So I'm going to just quickly give my runner up uh, scene that didn't quite make it, but almost did. And that is the the sequence that we hear the song. One of the best I've ever seen in a Bond film. I love the animation with the with the different cards, the spades, the clubs. It's just beautiful. Whoever created it is awesome. Uh, I, I freaking loved it. And the song plays really well. Unbelievable. But my number three is a humongous fucking cop-out. And I apologize to everybody listening because I cop-out sometimes. And this was like, I couldn't choose between three of some of the best fight sequences okay. I've ever seen in a Bond movie. So let's talk about the, the triple tie. I'll go through them as fast as I can. That opening sequence uh, with, well, the, oh, I guess the first uh, chase scene is when Bond is chasing the that. Parkour the parkour chase. The par- Core the bomb maker. It is yeah. outstanding. Uh, some, one of the best chase scenes I've ever seen. Bond, how does he keep up with this guy? Is he James Bond? That's all. The, the, and then he gets to the embassy. He decides to shoot the bomb maker and blow up everything. Uh, very, uh, <laughs> a very uh, anarchy James Bond. I feel like here he's just like your past bonds are like, you know, trying to figure out a way to like capture them. Craig's bond is like, nope. I, I just decided it would the, the world's better without a bomb maker here. So. Yeah. Then the uh, the other uh, fight sequence that I that I really really enjoyed is um, the one where Bond is fighting the the terrorists who come to basically kill the Sheaf, and they're fighting on the stairwell. Bond has to strangle him to death, and it's just very intense fight. He's got like a machete. Um, Bond gets his ass kicked in a lot of these fights, but comes out on top. Sometimes he gets lucky. He kind of reminds of Indiana Jones in this movie, where like Indy almost can die at any situation unless he has you You
0: know what I love about the action in this movie. And it is. I, I like your Indiana Jones comparison because it. It the best thing about these fight scenes and these chase scenes is they all show. And I'm I'm assuming what your third is, but they all show. They're all character moments for Bond as well. It's not just action, action, action.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Although the
0: action itself is incredible.
1: Yep. Yep. And uh, and and my third is that that end sequence. Uh, is is tremendous. It's, it's kind of weird though, because like Bond's fighting these villains, so you don't even know their names. Um, they're just kind of like henchmen of a bigger picture. And you start to understand that as the Bond movies go on is uh, not, you know, like the, like the Sean Connery, Roger Moore Bond movies, you had henchmen with names who were important. You know, now you just have these guys who are just after Bond and after whatever. So he's fighting this guy with like glasses on with one lens and he shoots him in the eye with the friggin' uh, nail gun and stuff. It's very, very awesome sequence at the end of the movie, which obviously um, falls right into Vesper Lynn's death. But uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, uh, go see it. Uh, but that's, well, we,
0: we spoiled that already.
1: Right. Yep. And uh, so that's those are my, that's my trifecta for number three. Couldn't choose one fight scene, but there you have it.
0: Yeah. So I, I especially those, I like them because In addition to coming off a very poorly received Bond movie, this movie is also coming off the *Born Identity* trilogy,
1: Mm -hmm. right? Right right in in the midst of it. I've it to see,
0: and it's kind of a conversation between two series. You know, you can if you watch those movies, you see it's like this is actively trying to be a spy movie with elements of James Bond, but it's kind of being the anti-James Bond. Right. Yeah, that's that's on purpose. So that's changed the game for spy movies. And this one is like we have to we have to up our game, but we still need to retain who we are. And I think I think they did a great job. Yeah. My number three is a tie, but it's two scenes with they share thematic resonance, I think. It is the very first scene of the movie and the very last scene of the movie. Mm. Right. So you see him become a double O agent, you know, earn his stripes to become 007. And then at the end, and you see the like the viciousness of the new Daniel Craig, James Bond immediately, where he's drowning the guy in the, you know, in the in the sink.
1: Another great fight sequence. <laughs> and actually, yeah. It's I
0: mean it's not straight through, so it's tough to like Stuff to put on the same level as the other ones, as just a fight scene. Right. As a character moment, we're sitting down, it's like, oh, yeah, I outsmarted you too. And then the final scene where we finally hear the classic James Bond theme. Yep. And he is, you know, the first scene is he becomes 007. The last scene, he becomes James Bond, capital J, capital B. Yep. And that's, and now we have a fully realized character going forward. We know organically, this does not feel like some prequels or reboots I'm looking at you solo try to go back and answer things in like a ham-fisted way you know it's like oh we gotta see this and we gotta know Oh, that's why he's called that and that's what it is everything in this movie that explains the James Bond character that we know feels organic
1: yes nothing it, seems forced whatsoever yes. in this.
0: and it's it's perfect you know the, the, from like he orders the martini he you know he puts on the tux he says J- bond james bond it doesn't feel forced and it's just it's mwah, chef's kiss yep but what is your number two scene
1: all right hopefully the last of my cop-outs um i, I couldn't really pick and choose a, a sequence here but all the card game stuff is just so refreshing um i love these scenes they're just so quaint and, and perfectly, uh, directed. And I love the little character, the side characters in the card at the card game. I love the way it's presented. Um, I love, uh, the different hands everyone has and Bond is just trying to beat Lashif at all costs. He thinks he has his tell. We find out later that, uh, his buddy, uh, Mathis betrays him and actually tells Lashif that Bond knows his tell, uh, and Bond loses, you know, he loses everything. And, and, um, you know vesper linda's like i'm not giving you that 5 million to get back in and later on felix Leiter of the cia is like take take mine i think you can beat him but if you do beat him we get to take him in uh it's it, the whole the whole sequence is like it's what i've been missing so long in bond movies because in, in a lot of Bond movies, there are quieter scenes that just aren't as intense as this. They're not as fun as this. This movie gives you everything you want as a Bond fan. It gives you that classic sense because sometimes, in the, especially the older ones, you see Bond playing cards. You see Bond beating people in card games. This is like very central to the story. And that's why I think I like it so much is because this is really a card game. Who's going to win? You know, and and Bond if, is fully realized here as somebody who, who really does give a shit, especially when he like breaks down and is like, you know, uh, yeah, I'll lose. And, and then the, the terrorists will have, you know, their money and, and, you know, all the stuff. And I, I like when Bond has his little outbursts of anger.
0: Yeah. Um, he's, because but, he's not, he hasn't fully realized, right? He's, yet. he's,
1: yes. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. He, yeah. he isn't fully realized yet yeah. because he's still like showing his, uh, his, his he's, colors. He's stuff. great.
0: He's a great character, that character, he is, but he is yes. not the classic James Bond he, right Maybe, like it especially in the scene like one of those card games as well where vesper walks in and bond gets distracted by his own distraction
1: right right <laughs> exactly yeah and uh and, and just to 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 go off that as well like even the sequence which now yeah. that i'm
0: saying that is that an early sign that vesper is trying to distract him and have cuz is is Mathis the one that betrayed him to to Lyschief, or was it vesper
1: it's it's Mathis who does um
0: do we know for sure because well that's he, because that like it kind of makes sense that Vesper is just like, we need to facilitate getting the money to Quantum. And she purposely walks in on the wrong side to distract James Bond. And it's like kind of played for like playful banter.
1: It's possible, but it's yeah. literally what Bond wanted her to do. So I don't know. But but I, I would say like I love the little sequence too where like LeChief's girlfriend poisons Bond and then like he has to leave resuscitate himself Vesper saves his life and then he goes back in and LeChief is shocked to see that he's still alive and he's like oh that, that last hand nearly killed me um, gr- it's, it's really subtle and great humor that works Yeah. And so yeah th- th- those card games all those sequences are my number two All
0: right. so my number two is the the torture scene <laughs> uh, where uh, Bond has won the money and LeChief is trying to torture the password to get the money out of him they cut out the bottom of his, his chair and What a torture gets, method! He gets a bull whip, a bull rope, and whips up underneath Bond, and like I think the defining moment of Daniel Craig's James Bond, honestly, was like I have an itch. Boom! No, <laughs> to the right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if Martin Campbell was. Watching a pay-per-view between JBL and Eddie Guerrero, a Texas Bull Rope match because that was 2005, and this film was probably being filmed in 2005, and maybe that's where you got the idea for that bull rope.
0: Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I think that's the one of the, to me when I think of like the character of this James Bond, this version. That's the scene I think of. Where it's like, okay, this is like, I'm all in, I'm completely invested. If I wasn't already in this new James Bond. Yep. So what is your number one?
1: We can keep talking about okay. it. Uh, that is my favorite scene in the movie. And uh, like you said perfectly, it's like I was invested in this character as the movie progressed. Daniel Craig just became better and better as Bond. But when you see the sequence, you're like, all right, this guy, he's my Bond. Uh, and, and it's because you, there's never I don't recall a scene ever being like this in any previous Bond movie where like Bond is that funny but still has his head on his shoulders. Like he's, every, he, he's everything you want him to be. You know, Bond is like the, uh, he's just, he's just an amazing person and uh, can do everything. He, he can keep up with every single fighter he's with. Uh, he's intelligent. He's thinking about ahead of everybody. He's, he's being tortured, He's being whipped in the balls and he still finds a way to get under the skin. And it's like, you can't get better than that.
0: Connery, uh, I think kind of has that, but not to the extent of Craig.
1: Right. Right. I, I agree with that. And uh, yeah, it's um, even he even breaks the down, which is an amazing scene where even Mickelson's like, oh, very funny, Mr. Bond. And he like has to stop and smile at like and at least admire how it just admire James Bond, like this motherfucker. He's yeah. he's getting he whipped in the balls and he still won't give me the fucking password. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Amazing scene.
0: So my number one is one that you have mentioned before. It is the chase at the end of the movie which leads to vesper's death Mm -hmm. and this is the moment where bond this this is what i was saying before where like it feels very organic it's like why is there a different bond girl in every movie well the one that he really cared about up to this point betrayed him Yep, and he then had to watch her die with getting while getting absolutely no closure right and even M afterwards is like, so you've you know, you've learned not to trust anybody. And it's like, now you've learned your lesson. I'll see you I'll see in a little bit.
1: Uh, right.
0: You know, and the, I mean, we've brought Eva Green up, both of us on recasting. I think, I know you and I both think of a lot of her as an actress. And she plays that scene where she, I read as basically she commits suicide. Yeah. Like she does not try to save herself and it's it's such a great moment where you don't bond girls don't necessarily get moments like that i know like GoldenEye kind of has one uh with natalia like on the beach where where bond girls don't get not trying to to be funny here but they don't get like the sexy acting moments they're just kind of there to be damsel damsel in distress a lot of time or like right right ass kicking girls like this is a moment for bond and a moment for vesper that stands in for all Bond girls. Right. I, I think. But the and again, the action itself where Bond is like shooting was it, nails through like a guy's eye. It's it's yeah. awesome. It's like it's everything you want and it's a character moment. Yep. So that's my that's my number one. And it's it's a gut punch. So that's what we liked about it. Let's talk about our least favorite parts. Derek, what is your least favorite?
1: So this was this movie? was kind of weird. I, I'm sure I, I more would come up down the line, but I was trying to think of what just kind of, like, I don't know, confused me, bothered me. So I'm looking at, you know, past Bond films, and I notice in past Bond films that, like, villains who know, I don't know, uh, it, it's like, it, Le Chiffre knows it's James Bond. Like, Le Chiffre put the card game together so he could make back his money that he lost in the, you know, the the, the gamble that he made. Bond ruined that by you know, defusing his bomb or ma- making his henchmen explode instead of the airplane. But uh, Lechiff knows James Bond is there, and uh, it just seems to me that Lechiff doesn't really go out of his way very often to kill Bond, and he's he's very subtle about it. I mean, Lechiff tries to kill Bond. I think, I think after. The the henchmen or the guys from Uganda come Uganda to come and kill Lachif. So he takes his he takes his time to remove Bond. I mean, he has to know that he's a British spy. I mean, he's not an idiot. Yeah,
0: but I think Lachif believes he will win the
1: game. Right, but right. Even, even so, even if he does win the game, I mean, the CIA and MI6 still know that he's funding terrorists. I mean, they have proof of that. Right. right. So, like, what, what's what is his game plan? I mean, he's still under fire. I mean, he's going to probably run into them eventually. It just seemed like he was exposing himself a little bit too much here.
0: Yeah. The move for Le Chiffre would have been uh, let's make a deal right. Like I, that I don't know why he didn't do that. But maybe he, he was just arrogant. That's that's I mean, he is an arrogant character. Right. 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 You know, he's he is very whenever one of his plans goes awry. He is pretty shocked about it
1: yeah yeah, that's true,
0: you know, but the I, 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 perfect I, yeah. James Bond villain way.
1: right, right, and I guess that's, I, I guess that's not really my the, the weak point or my worst, but it's like one thing that I questioned was like, yeah. is this supposed to it, was this meant to be written that Lashif is like, "Well, I fucked that up." I think, so. I think it is.
0: I think okay. Lashif right to the end thinks is like, this is under my control. I got it.
1: right, right, right. Because so I, mean, I mean another thing is Lashif <laughs> says on multiple occasions, he's a great villain. But yeah. like, he's not one of those villains in the past. you like, he is the end all be all. He's usually answering to somebody else saying, "Uh, uh I'll get the money. I'll get yeah. the money. I mean, that's just, he's always like, is Lashiv going to die in the scene? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it's just a lot. He's a lot of, because he's funding terrorists. He's like the guy who the terrorists point to when they lose their money, which is a very dangerous situation for him to yeah. be yeah. in.
0: He's uh, you know, you know who he is? He is the character. He is Lao in the dark night, basically. Right, like, right, right. What it, what if Lao was the main villain of that movie? And, yeah, right, well, right. And he's like, you know, at, at the end, they both get killed. Dangerous business funding terrorism, I guess. Or, or as, mafia. As far
1: as, as far as the television screen, I love that part in The Dark Knight where the Joker refers to Lao as just the television yeah. screen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so my least favorite part actually is there are certain aspects of this movie that could only have been in a movie from 2006, seven or eight. And that is like, oh, we need a parkour action scene. That's the hot shit right now. Right. Like at the time it was like, Texas Hold'em is the big game and in the book it's Baccarat. And then like, they go to like a body worlds thing. And it's like, that seemed to be like a popular thing then that isn't really around anymore. <laughs> Museum so just, of
1: science in 2006. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like, that's, it's like, all right, we, this, this dates the movie and the rest of the movie is kind of timeless. Right, right. And right. there's there's stuff like that in a lot of James Bond movies, but this one, it was just like, because I was living through that time, I was just like, oh, okay. All right. right yeah, I yeah. get it. Texas Hold'em.
1: Yep. it, it, it kind of reminds me of like, uh, in, I think it's in Goldfinger, when uh, James Bond says, I forget what he says, but he tells the girl, he's like, oh, it's it's bad. It's like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. And you're like, yeah. oh, that is so 1964. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... so-
0: let's go to metals so who is your bronze
1: um so i really 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 wanted to fit eva green in here she's so excellent in this movie but it was hard for me to do that because martin campbell sort of took that bronze spot for me and, sure. and the reason is is because he really makes this franchise lovable again um he just he's the right guy for the job mean, um, He kills it in GoldenEye. It's one of the most beloved Bond movies of all time uh, as well. I mean, obviously the video game helped a lot as well, but you know, like I, I said earlier, it's like, who's the guy for the job to get this franchise back on his feet? Let's get the guy who did GoldenEye, the other great opening to a new Bond actor. And uh, he kills it. He kills it in every facet. I love all of the scenes, the camera work, everything he does in this movie um, is great. There's not a lot of shots when I'm like, oh, that was kind of odd. No, he makes it just so great. He knows what he's doing with the characters. And and the editing is very good. Nothing feels sluggish. And with a Bond movie, you have to be careful with that. Um, you know, you don't want scenes to drag on for too long. And even the slower scenes um, have purpose and meaning. And they're exciting. So uh, overall, Campbell gets my, my bronze award.
0: I like it. I, I do like Martin Campbell. And this is definitely a return to form for the series. My bronze, though, uh, goes to Mads Mickelson. Talked about, we just talked about him. He's a great villain. The the like crying blood gimmick is a fun bond villain gimmick, mm-hmm. and he kind of becomes a bit of a go to villain actor after this. You know, he gets a lot of great villainous roles. Uh, you know, he's, he's Hannibal on TV, he's you know, he's in Doctor Strange as the villain, and yeah, Mads Mickelson, bronze medal. So, yeah, Derek, who is your silver medal?
1: All right, we can keep talking about him. Mads Mickelson is my silver. Um, you said it, you said it really, really well. He's a great great actor and he plays villains so well and you're right about that the bleeding eye thing i mean i feel like every villain needs something about them yeah and this was such a cool thing like his eye bleeds when he's nervous (laughs) it's like it's such a really cool it's one of the more memorable i will say that's that's one thing like i kind of
0: wish i mean in such a high and i know why you have to do it in the movie not everyone knows poker but like his tell is so obvious I kind of right. was like, I kind of wish Bond was Bond with like his tell is that he cries blood whenever he's
1: bluffing. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's brilliant. I don't know. He's just got something about him that's sinister. And it's funny that I use the word sinister. Cause I, I, I do when I, he's got, he just, he's very careless and stuff. And there's, yeah. there's moments where you could miss it quickly, but he's on his boat and he has some guests and he's playing cards with them. And he says, tell them they have five minutes to leave. If not throw the mobile board. Like he just like doesn't even think about it. Just 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 yeah. get rid of them. He doesn't care about that stuff. Um, and you know the the ble- I, I love when he's sitting with them and he he's his eye starts bleeding, and he literally says, oh, just a cornea whatever thing, nothing sinister." And yeah. I'm like, "You're a pretty sinister guy in general," but <laughs> he's a great. Do we even
0: hang out with this guy?
1: Yeah, he's just <laughs> one of those guys now. Where in the future, it's like, oh, there's a big project coming out, big big movie. Who's the villain? Yeah, I'm assuming. Eighty percent of directors are going to at least consider Mods Mickelson for the role because of how good he is. I mean, this guy is gonna be the first guy to ever be, I think I might be I might be yeah, I think I'm correct about this. He's gonna be the first ever bond in Indiana Jones villain. Yeah. And, well, I
0: mean, well, there's not been a ton of right, not a ton of Andy. You're, you're, you're
1: yeah. right, you're right. But it just goes to show you that like he you you can bank on this guy to be your villain because he's so good. And there's movies that I think there was a Netflix movie that came out a couple of years ago that I haven't seen where he plays the good guy. And yeah, he's he's not
0: like just
1: villain right. he's, he's a great not, actor. But, yeah, yeah. And, and again, the kind of like Sean Bean where like he was typecast for Song for a Villain. He plays a great, great good guy, um, great protagonist. So he gets my silver and he does a fantastic job.
0: There's I mean, there's a movie where you know the character of the chief is like a 10% better person and he's like the anti-hero of the movie right where he's like <laughs> trying to play like different terrorist organiz- organizations off against each other yep uh so my silver though uh goes to Eva Green and it is because she this is kind of her first she has kingdom of heaven the year before but that's not a huge huge you know zeitgeisty hit like this is right she she had been kind of like an indie movie darling before this
1: isn't, it, isn't edward norton in that movie and he's like covered for the mask the whole movie yeah but that's like on purpose he doesn't want right be, yeah right that's such a strange movie i gotta revisit that one it's again like,
0: i've not seen the apparently the director's cut is excellent i've not seen the director's cut so i need okay. to i need to check that out but she is i think she's my favorite bond girl
1: yeah, I can't disagree with that. It, it actually, like I said, it actually hurts that she, she couldn't make my top three. I was going to have her tie with Martin Campbell, but yeah. she is truly, yeah, I mean, is there a more like, I mean, I think it's because she's not the the damsel in distress here. She really yeah. isn't, you know, she. And it's not like,
0: it's not like, you know, what they try to do with Jinx, like with Halle Berry. Oh my God. Where it's yeah. just like, yeah, she's purposely like girl power. And there's just like kind of that late nineties, early two thousands, like very forced to like what makes a what makes a strong female character it's like what if it's literally a strong girl who fights whereas this is like what if we made a character with depth and like had her own motivations and like isn't just like and like fights bond when he tries to use her as just like a piece of ass to distract his poker rivals like it just you know she she's her own fully realized character so and and again, she like Eva green from this point forward is a name that comes up. It's like, and she, yeah. she
1: plays the struggle of the character Vesper Lynn so well, yeah. because you could tell that she does fall for James Bond yeah. and, and she's a really in a bad struggle now. of Like what's the most important thing to do and what does she do? She ends her life because she can't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's really sad and she does a great job.
0: Yeah. So gold, I think I know that it's clearly, uh, Clearly, M's assistant, who's played by, uh, played by the guy in Game of Thrones, but Ed Mottelli, yeah, yeah, played by Ed Uh But accepting him, who is your gold medal?
1: Yeah, seriously, this is this is kind of a no brainer. I mean, yeah, Daniel Craig is. Um, he's he's. Uh, again, I'm a big Bond fan, so it's hard for me to choose my favorite Bond. But he really, I, I think, if um, if you could pick, who is your favorite Bond? In a specific movie, I might say Daniel Craig in Casino Royale um, because yeah. of what he, what he encapsulates. He does everything. You, you, and I'm so glad you brought up the beginning scene and the end scene, and it comes full circle. You see it all. You see him become a O agent. You see him make mistakes. You see him kind of gun happy at first. You see him uh, emotional. You see him uh, make emotional, you know, decisions. You know, he he loses to Lechif because he he he's betrayed and stuff, and he almost dies in the car. He gets saved by somebody, and then the movie progresses, and he becomes the James Bond that we we know and love. And uh, he does it all in this movie. Um, and Daniel you know, Craig, you know, he brings that sense of humor to the role so well, and that was what kicked kicked it into gear is of another day had some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard in a movie yeah it was so bad that I was like cr- it was cringing in the movie theater seeing some of it the- but this dialogue was smarter the humor wasn't like oh ho, ho, ho. it was like haha kind of like uh, that was a good yeah. one bond uh yeah, and- it's very cut- much
0: he is like he is more when you see the description of James Bond in the books other than his remember when everyone freaked the fuck out because he had blonde hair yeah. You remember this? It was like, he can't be Bond. He can't be James Bond. He's fucking to steal a line from Fight Club. You're too fucking blonde. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's exactly. exactly. He's got those those eyes.
1: Oh, yeah. That piercing eyes.
0: There are scenes in this movie where it's like he doesn't look human. Right. Just because he's like looking at someone like he's looking at Vesper like a predator looks at his prey.
1: Right. And, and, you know, yeah. I really would love to see Craig do another one after this. I know it's very unlikely because of his, his wife, Rachel Weiss, is literally like, you're a fucking punching bag now. Like, you're getting old. Please stop. At the same time, Craig is so invested into this character. He even said in an interview uh, at one point, he was like, I think Bond should have a gay scene because Bond would literally do anything for the mission. And they, I kind, was of, like, they
0: kind of tease that in, uh, in Skyfall. In Skyfall. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Um, But that just goes to show you how invested he is in the character. Um, and and he does such a great job. So I how would, could, yeah,
0: I would like to see this version of James Bond be be a complete story and just like grow old. I don't know if he like I don't know if you kill him at the end of it and be like we're back with a new James Bond later, tell a new Bond story. But I would like to see be able to see the beginning and the end of Daniel Craig as. Yeah,
1: he was saying that like he he prefers to do his like most of his stunts and he's like no time to die. I did like twenty percent of my stunts because I'm yes. just my body's too broken But yeah, I agree with you. That would be really interesting to see the kind of like old Batman type thing.
0: Yeah. And just let them age gracefully, then take a few years off and come back with whoever your next Bond is. Yep. Uh I wanna I wanna put it in your head now. We have our recasting coming up. At the end of it, I want us to predict who the next James Bond will be. Okay. All right. Because I have a name in mind. Okay. So let's but let's go to recasting. Uh um, yours
1: is obviously Craig, I mean. <laughs> Your, your oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah, my, yeah my my gold is Daniel Craig. It, it's okay. like it's it's not even close. He saves the franchise. Yep. If if this came out and it sucked, there would be a no James Bond for quite some time. Right. You know they'd have to really rethink. It would probably have gotten like the broccoli. The state would have sold it, and like some studio would have picked it up. Probably Universal, and we'd have a very corporate very much even more americanized james bond to the point where maybe the next james bond is american i think right. uh, but i'm glad that didn't happen because we need a little 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 british flavor i think from time to time yep but let's go to recasting so we uh we did james bond we did vesper we did the and we did m so let's start with m i'm interested to see, did you keep the older lady? Did you go for a male ham?
1: Uh, so I kept the older lady uh, and there is an older actress that I think is one of those actresses people forget about like how amazing she is as an actress and she's done so many things and I will give you a clue here. She plays a pirate and Hook
0: and uh-huh.
1: people forget about how versatile and amazing she is, and she doesn't have to be versatile in this movie. But Glenn Close, I think, would kill it as well as somebody who's um because Judy Dench, she just takes control of scenes. Yes, She just knows what she's doing. She's great, and uh, I think Glenn Close could do the same thing. And there, there are scenes that we haven't mentioned too. How and with with, with the, how great M is, <laughs> and like you know, James Bond breaks into her house, and yeah. later on, she, she he she's like, wait a minute, she knows he knows my username and password. How does he know these things? Uh,
0: I I like. <laughs> judy dench's performance in this it, comparing it to her performance in goldeneye because in goldeneye she is like if they, they like bond and her like switch roles almost where it's like yeah goldeneye she's the new m and like in this bond is the new agent yeah and you know and like in goldeneye it's like bond you're a dinosaur get the hell out of here right and, right and in this she's like bond you're out of control you're up and coming young agent and it's, <laughs> it's like Make up your mind, Albert.
1: Every time I think of M in GoldenEye, I, I just think of uh, Robbie Coltrane as Valentine going, I hear the new M is a lady. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Glenn Close would kill it. So she was my choice for M.
0: That's a great choice. So I went with, since we're losing in this version, we are, are losing Eva Green, one muse for a certain director. I say we put in another muse for the, that same director as M, and that is Helena Bonham Carter.
1: Interesting. The,
0: the two muses of Tim Burton.
1: Okay, all right. Very interesting there. She She's like a younger female she's M. She's a
0: little bit younger. Yeah. But she is not, you know, in her 20s. Like, she's a very... She's a, a character who can move forward with the series, I feel like. She's an M that can move forward with a series, and almost would make, you know, her eventual... Death spoilers in Skyfall, you know, a bit more tragic.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's funny, people look at her, her as an actress and they say, why she 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 plays wild characters all the time. And this would actually be a good tame, different role for her. I think yeah. it, would, it would make open people's eyes so they like, go well, how talented she actually could, is. With
0: with her, and I think with with Ju- the way Judy Dench plays this role as well, is like, I don't see this version of M as like a career pencil pusher. I think when she was younger, she was in the field. Yep. Cause she kicks ass. Yep. And I think Helen bottom could do it as well. So let's go to the chief.
1: All right. So usually when I'm picking my villain, I say, all right, can I use Mads Mikkelsen this <laughs> time? I can't use Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, so this was tough for me. So I went with a, uh, an actor who I think uh, plays, plays a good baddie. He does a good job doing both, but I went with Daniel Bruhl.
0: Yeah, that's a good show. One.
1: Um, I, I just pictured him with the bleeding eye and just kind of looking sinister and always kind of serious and making brash decisions and stuff. And I, I just liked it and I liked him in this role. So he's my he's my choice.
0: So my Chief, I went with a guy who plays a very good villain and I think can he's a younger actor than what we have in this version. And he's not European, so it's going to be a bit of a different character. And you know, the Chief is a code name, so he can be whatever the fuck. So I went with Finn Wittrock, who you would probably recognize from American Horror Story as Dandy.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's uh, he's quite the he's quite the character actor.
0: Yeah, he's great. I think he I think he'd make a great Bond villain. I think he could play up the aspects of the Chief where he's like, no, I swear I'll get you the money. I swear.
1: Right, right, uh, right, right, right. You know,
0: that I can see that.
1: <laughs> yep. Definitely.
0: So let's go to Vesper. We're casting a Bond girl here. So who yeah, you go with?
1: This this was this was tough because Eva Green, she she's 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 different. Yep. You know, she's not a lot of actresses can do that like she can. So this was this is kind of you may not like this one as much, but I thought of number one, I you know, when it comes to James Bond, I will say this preemptively that like Bond girls are becoming better characters because of the age we live in. Yep. Whereas in the '70s, that they, they were just toys, and it was a shame. But women are becoming, you know, great, great characters in these bomb movies, and they should be. But I wanted to give this to an actress who usually plays more of a comedic role. Um, but I just wanted to give her a shot here, and I went with Rose Byrne. Yeah, and uh, yeah. she she's she kind
0: of mo- plays that, but she she has kind of a what was the movie? She was in a, a comedy
1: not too long ago. Rosa bridesmaids, she's kind of a- she's like the bitch no, in that. No, no,
0: no, no. She's a, but with um, with that actress. As well, with some of the same actors. The spy, I think, is the movie.
1: Oh, a Spy. Yeah. I, I think that uh, just from the serious scenes that I have seen her, right, I feel like she could really yeah. be a good uh, opposite to my bond.
0: She's a great actress. So I wanted to, because Le Chief, I, I was like, let's go, we're going American. Uh, with Vesper, I was like, let's keep a French actress. And I went with an actress that we've talked about on the show, and that is Melanie Laurent. Gotcha. Yeah. I like so, it. I like it. Yeah. So this is a big one. Occasionally we come across characters where when we recast them, we know we're going to be talking about these same roles in the future. You know, and I think with Bond, there's so many different ways you can go about it. I was, I was, I really considered going with a female James Bond and really just flipping everything on its head. I didn't. Right. Um, I'll, I'll, when we get to me, we'll, we'll go over that thought process. Who is your James Bond?
1: Well, let me first say who I considered okay. but determined to be a little bit too old. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, Idris Elba. I
0: actually went with Idris Elba for my James Bond. Oh, really? I, he was He is a little bit older than I wanted to go with, but he's so perfect for the role.
1: I think he's my number two. I have one yeah. that I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, I do know what it is or else I wouldn't have picked him. Yeah. But, uh, I, uh, Michael Fassbender's my bond. Yeah. He's just so suave. He just has the look about him. I just want to see. And he was, he was somebody I picked. And, and again, I pictured him being the bond in all of these ones up to Spectre type, uh, type, type guy. And I just think that, uh, and again, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking about how you picked to measure Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. And I'm thinking about how, <laughs> how how we just want to see this guy do almost everything yeah but I, I could see either Elba or uh, Fastbender in this role and I would be perfectly happy
0: yeah so it so my thought process was like I went to James Bond and I was like I it would just be to me and no offense to your pick but it would be just so boring to pick another handsome white guy like let's mix it up James Bond okay. does not have to be that especially in our game I think in real life it is going to be another handsome white guy uh for, for the next James Bond but we'll get to that in a second yep uh, my if I was going to cast a woman in the role it would be Charlize Theron who I know is not British she's South African but she can do any accent and she can do action and she has the acting chops. you know
1: what's funny about that I'm a big fan of the YouTube series Hot Ones yeah and I recently watched the Charlize Theron one and I just some, sometimes I listen to Hot Ones I just listen to it Cause yeah. I'm like, I, don't have to, I don't have to watch it. So I'm listening to while doing something else. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Yeah. And it's because she just has something about her that's just so likable. Yeah. um, And she's such a talented actress. So, yeah, I could see that yeah. 100 um, percent.
0: To me, to me, though, Idris Elba the guy it, like it's undeniable. He's probably a bit too old to get in real life. Yeah, that, that's I, that's why. Yeah, But I think if, you know, for the, the process of this movie, we could I, I think I'm, I'm putting it in there.
1: Yeah, and that's literally the only reason why he didn't get it is because of his age. Because, And again, yeah. Fastbender's probably in his mid-40s, which is like, yeah. all right. I mean, let's face it. Craig was like, what, 38 when Cassino Royal came out? He's in yeah. his early 50s now. Like, yeah. you know, but it is what it is. Yeah, you know? and they,
0: I, both of those guys can play younger. Like, they're, yeah, that, in, they're not old-looking shape. actors by yeah. any means. Yeah, no, they they don't look old. Like, Idris Elba, I just watched him in The Suicide Squad. And, like, he's, like, other than, like, he's got a little bit of gray in his beard. You can dye that.
1: Yeah, oh, Exactly. And, and yeah.
0: He, and you could pass him off as forty.
1: Or Shave, think, shave, shave the I
0: beard. Think, <laughs> I think the like, yeah, shave the beard. Whatever you got to do. But I think James Bond, even though this is like the young James Bond, I think you James Bond can be anywhere between thirty-five and fifty-five, and it would it would work.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I now, think so too. Think, now I,
0: fifty-five. You know? Yeah, and, when, like there's,
1: yeah. there's some actors like you know when yeah. Roger Moore was in View to a Kill. Yeah. It was like okay, maybe yeah. it's time to move on, but like. Yeah these guys um it, it's it, you know it's, it's a generation thing I can't explain it because again, Gia, and my wife we had another conversation the day of why do actors and musicians back in the day look just so much older than we are at our age yeah you know and and it's like nowadays that's not the case you know na- nowadays, I think fastbender or somebody like him could 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 uh could be thirty seven you know yeah uh, that type of thing it's just it's just a different is it because of cigarettes I don't know um it could be, but <laughs> if um, i was
0: if I was going to pick a white guy with dark hair to do it, I'd probably pick Tom Hiddleston.
1: The only thing about Tom Hiddleston, because I I actually looked it up online. I was like, what do other people think who should play Bond? Yeah. Um, he His name came up, but he's just, he's so much more gangly and he just like has that face about him that makes me like not trust him. He can, I've seen him in, in
0: other stuff like where he's done it. I think you like, you see him and he's he's Loki. He's Loki, right. People, right. You it's know? Tough, but yeah. I think he he has the, this the acting chops to reuse that term he he could pull it off i think but he's not who i think would be i don't think he's going to get it in real life
1: yeah there's a few actors that if they were younger like i I know hugh jackman's name was thrown around back in the day and yeah yeah, you i think you could you could split wolverine and bond in your head yeah um you know so but yeah it's um i think is irish and i know idris elba is straight up english right yeah yeah okay did you ever hear the story about him when he was auditioning for the wire The casting director was like, do not tell them you're English, do not do an English accent. Yeah. And he's like, I went in there and I was like some like hood guy from Philly or Baltimore and they completely bought it. And then after like my third audition, one of the guys is like, where are you from? I want to know about you. And he's like, shit. Yeah. And he's like, I had to throw the girl in the she's like, listen, she didn't want me to tell you, but I'm actually British. And they were like, I knew it. I knew <laughs> it. They're like, it doesn't matter. You have the role anyway. Yeah. And it was just, a, it was actually that was him on Hot Ones explaining that story.
0: It, it reminds me of um, the story when uh, Hugh Laurie got house like, he had sent in an audition tape. One of the producers was like, I really just want to cast, like, a real American actor. Like, this
1: guy. And everyone's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, I guess we'll be in the role. It's, it's amazing how good English actors can, can do American. It's just, like, some of them, it just comes second nature to them. One of them it, that I love is Tim Ross.
0: Yeah, in England, there's, like, a thousand different accents just within, like, a five-mile radius. Right. So, it, like, it I think it just becomes more natural to be able to, like, interact with more yeah, more a wider variety, I should say. Right, we're, we're going
1: to have it. Jack Manning on here soon, who yeah. is most definitely English. Yeah, and he does a really funny Boston accent, so we'll definitely have to have him do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so I guess the question now becomes: we, we, I told you to keep in mind. Who do you think is going to be the next James Bond in our reality? Uh,
1: you know, it's it's tough because you got to you got to figure they're going to be what i think you think they're going to be rebooting it again or or no because
0: i think they're going younger i going, my thought is they're going okay
1: younger. it's tough to say cuz i think they want an actor who's number one he's got to be he's got to be good looking yeah um number one number two um they he has to have had he has to have had some strong some strong performances. Yep. I think I don't think they're just gonna pick somebody out of a hat and be like, whoa, he's gonna be an up and comer, maybe. And and number although though Daniel Craig, I didn't really know him before Bond so much, but um number three, I, I think they always kind of have to go English. Or at least Irish, right? Because Piers Brosnan was English, Irish.
0: Irish. I think they could do
1: Scottish, maybe? Well,
0: I mean uh Sean Connery.
1: Yeah, oh, of course. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, the same because Fassbender is English, but he grew up in Germany, so he has that sort of. But I don't know. It, do you have Do you have somebody that you think was going? to I have them? a
0: name that checks all the boxes now, that you just laid out. He's English. He's got strong performances under his belt. He's the right age that I think they're going for. He's got the James Bond dark features. Richard Madden. Richard Madden.
1: I knew you were going to say yep. that. Yep. All right. He, is he, he, he kind of short though?
0: Put him fucking lifts. He'll be fine.
1: Uh, all right.
0: He's, uh, let's see. Let's see what the <laughs> internet says as far as his height. Internet says
1: he is five foot ten. Never mind. 5'10 is uh, just about average, right? I mean, yeah. he's above average, I think. I mean, you um, can shoot
0: it in a way that'll, you know, he, yeah. If for whatever reason you need to make him tall, which, I mean, I don't think, I, like, I don't see Daniel Craig and go, that's a tall dude.
1: Right, right, like, right, right. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's but it, that's what yeah. that
0: 's the direction I think they 're going in.
1: i wouldn 't mind that whatsoever to be honest yeah. with you I could even see i mean maybe this is a little bit like all right, but like i could well maybe kid harrington isn't the isn 't the role i don't think, like
0: i don't think it's kid Harrington Haring- i like
1: yeah, yeah same
0: but he, i i think his i i don 't he 's not james Bond john right. snow can 't be James. like there's right. two
1: yeah it, it, that that wouldn't work uh, Though it would be fun to see him as the villain or something in a bond movie. I'm really curious to see, and, like, one of the,
0: you know, frustrating things to me about the sort of pause in, you know, in, in movies and, and TV since, you know, since the, the lockdown and everything has been, like, some of these games of Game of Thrones actors that I'm rooting for, you know, because whatever you think about the last season of Game of Thrones, like, wasn't the actor's fault, right? you know, I, like, I, I do want to see, like, Kit Harington and Richard Madden are going to be in a Marvel movie this year, Mm -hmm. you know, that would have come out already. So it's like, what, what are their personas going to be like outside of that show?
1: Right. Let me ask you this, Rick. How do you feel? Because you've asked me this in the past, and this is the first thing that I've thought of it. You know, everyone's trying to evolve. Everything nowadays is trying to evolve. Baseball is evolving to seven-inning yeah. games for doubleheaders. Uh, things are becoming TV shows, whatever. Do you think Bond could work in, an, in like, an HBO series?
0: It could, but I wouldn't want it there. Uh-huh. Bond belongs on the, on the big screen, I think. He is – when you go see a, a Bond movie, to see these – and that's one of the things that the Bond series always does well, is, like, you see these amazing s- locations – Yep. You know, you're, you're like, oh, I'm with James Bond in Miami. I'm with James Bond in in Venice. You know, like that sort of stuff belongs on the big screen yep. with, with a popcorn and, you know, with, uh, you know, a, a screen as big as you can imagine.
1: Right. I, I agree with you there.
0: And it's like spy movies, because there can be so much, so much plot in them. Yeah, they work as TV series, but not James Bond. Not not for me. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. So Twitter follow the week, that is going to be at double oh seven, the official James Bond account. Yes. Miscellaneous. My miscellaneous. We've actually we've we've covered both Same. of them that I had. Yep. So me we can too. we can move on. So let's go to the Oscars. So, the Oscars took place for movies in 2006 It took place in 2007 and Casino Royale was nominated for zero Oscars put up a goose egg
1: has which... any Bond movie been nominated for anything
0: well <laughs> I, I mean I, I know I mean song certainly song yeah yeah, yeah. but not even the song didn't even get nominated this year
1: yeah but... it, it's, it's a good song but it's not one of the best yeah. Bond songs
0: yeah I, I agree but I mean best song let's see what won this year for best song uh, I need to wake up from an inconvenient truth. Two songs from three songs from Dream Girls.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, Dream Girls. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Pick, pick one.
1: Pick one. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh,
0: and yeah. Our Town from Cars. But uh, I need to wake up from an inconvenient truth one by Ms. Melissa Etheridge. Okay. So, 2006. There are movies in 2006 that we are going to cover that should have been nominated for Best Picture that have not been. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a year. Of Pan's Labyrinth, this is a year of Children of Men. This is a year of quite a few excellent movies that did not necessarily get the credit that they deserved, in my opinion. Let's talk about the ones that did get credit. So, Best Picture is won by The Departed. Mm-hmm. Other nominees are Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Queen. Interesting year. Interesting year can't this yeah this is
1: you know it's funny I, there's not a lot of bond movies i'd ever i'd ever consider but if, there one, if there's one that needs this to be one. considered is this, this is it
0: i think so let me ask you this because i have a take on it is this the best daniel craig bond movie
1: yes it is i think it's better here's, than skyfall in my here's opinion. my
0: take this is a better movie skyfall is a better bond movie
1: I don't know i'll have to check i thought the ending to skyfall was very unbondly but not in a bad way it just didn't feel like a bond movie at the end it felt like protecting a house it was just different for me i liked it but it just didn't feel like a bond movie like this one ended like a bond movie.
0: Yeah. i i would agree with you i think this is is this is this your favorite bond movie
1: ah uh, god <laughs> that's it's, a tough the, one the
0: eras of bond are so different you know,
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I could, it's... I could, I could say th- this is my favorite. Craig yes. Golden Eyes is my favorite. Brosnan, um, License to Kill is my favorite. Dalton, Roger Moore. Th- there's a lot of fun ones in there. Yeah, and I use the word fun. It's a different yes. one. Yeah, you know, it's tough. I mean, they are a lot of What's your favorite?
0: What's your favorite Connery?
1: Oh man, Perf, Uh I to me Perf. it's from Russia with love. That's close. Maybe yeah. maybe Goldfinger. Um, yeah, but that's
0: one and two for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I mean, keep in mind, like Diamonds Are Forever is like almost a Roger Moore movie for me. Yeah, it's becoming kind of goofy. Yeah. So it's it's tough. But yeah, I think I agree with you there. But
0: here's here's my my pitch. Here is we kick out one British icon for another, and we take out the Queen and we put in Casino Royale.
1: I am one hundred percent behind that.
0: All right, let's do it. Okay, Best Director. Scorsese wins for The Departed.
1: About time.
0: Which, can I tell you this? I remember this ceremony very well because, like, it was Scorsese's three best friends that were presenting the presenting the award. Right. It was like Spielberg, Lucas, and um, was it Coppola? Yeah, it was Coppola. Yeah, it was yeah. like all three. Yeah, Spielberg, Lucas, and Coppola were like, "Let's read the nominees for <laughs> best director." And I was like, "All right, oh, okay, I know, it I, it know what it better be.
1: Don't don't punk us. That would have been
0: hilarious if it was like." They're like Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So Inaritu is nominated for uh, Babel. Eastwood is nominated for Letters from Iwo Jima. Stephen Frears for The Queen. And Paul Greengrass for United 93. Which I don't think is a great movie. So I would say. Campbell for that guy. Oh yeah. Out with Greengrass. In with Campbell. All right. Let's do it up. All right. Best actor. So let's. Think about Daniel Craig here. <clears throat> yeah, Forrest Whitaker wins for the last game of Scotland, which is an excellent performance.
1: Yep, I have to uh, see it. I still haven't seen it. Yep.
0: Other nominees: Leonardo DiCaprio for Blood Diamond, Ryan Gosling in Half Nelson, Peter O'Toole in Venus, and Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness. So,
1: I, 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 I so I have a hot take right off the bat. Okay, and that is that I haven't seen the performance by Peter O'Toole. Yeah, but I think he's had his time in the sun. Okay. What do you think? Here's
0: my take. Leonardo DiCaprio's accent in Blood Diamond is hilarious.
1: No, no, no. In America, in America, it's bling, 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 but in Africa, it's bling, bang. I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? And
0: he's not the lead actor in that movie.
1: Right. I mean, I was surprised he got chosen over that over The Departed, but...
0: Yes. If he was going to be in, he should have been for The Departed. I don't think Will Smith is good in Pursuit of Happiness. I think that was like you don't think he's His, good in that? No. it's like I think to me, that's the absolute textbook example of I'm going to try to get an Oscar. Like I'm going to take my Oscar swing and it's an Oscar Beatty performance. Okay. That, so I don't like either of those performances.
1: Okay. Well, if, you, if you're leaving it up to me at this point, yeah, I'll, I'll dump DiCaprio for that role.
0: Okay. Yeah. DiCaprio, I think when we do The Departed, DiCaprio might sneak, sneak back Ego in. He comes DiCaprio. back in. Yeah, I, yeah think, I, I think it's really, it's possible right I, I take all right let's let's do this let's say this Will Smith is out DiCaprio's in for the Departed Craig is in as James Bond
1: I mean it's tough for me because I actually like we can, Will Smith in that movie we, okay I, we can we can punt, we can kick that down the road kick the king okay. down the
0: road for the Departed episode uh that we'll eventually do but for now Leo's out in Blood Diamond primarily because he's not the lead actor in that movie okay um so do we want to look at Eva green as uh best actress or best supporting? I think probably best supporting because she's, she shows up an hour into the movie.
1: Yeah, that's true. She is okay. in it quite a bit after that, but yeah, maybe you're okay. right. So best supporting actor.
0: So are we looking at Mes Mickelson for this potentially, potentially, okay. um, so Alan Arkin wins for Little Miss Sunshine. Yep. Jackie Earl Haley and Little Children. Jaiman Honsu and Blood Diamond, who actually is the fucking lead character in Blood Diamond, uh, is the lead actor. Uh, Eddie Murphy in Dreamgirls and Mark Wahlberg in The Departed.
1: So I am an advocate for Little Miss Sunshine. I love that yeah. movie, but I'm sorry, but Eddie Murphy deserved the Oscar that year for Dreamgirls. I think everybody knows that he literally got snubbed. I think he walked yeah. out. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I get it. I, Alan Arkman, I, he's so funny in it, but that was like, you couldn't, he, he wasn't even trying in that movie. I was just playing himself. Um. Yeah. So, but I, I, the guy. I'm kind of
0: surprised the, yeah. to see Jack Nicholson not nominated for The Departed.
1: Right. That's true. Maybe they just
0: didn't want to, like, he just didn't want to do the, 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 the you know, shake hands, kiss babies, campaign for, right, for an Oscar right. at that point. But I'm—I mean, I love Mark Wahlberg in that. You know, he—he he does steal the show every time he's in the on there. But you know, we're talking Mats Mickelson. This
1: what is, is the really other one that we haven't mentioned
0: for for the for this category.
1: Yeah, there's a few a few others that I kind of forgot. Uh, Jackie
0: Earl Haley and Little Children, which is a very disturbing performance. And this is kind okay. of Jackie Earl, Earl Haley's moment. You plays preview Well, yep, yeah, and Jaimin Hansu for Blood Diamond.
1: Yeah, I love Diamond Haunts. He was great. Um, mm, he
0: is excellent. He and Leo should switch nominations for this. He should right. be nominated for, for lead actor and Leo should be nominated for, if he's going to be nominated for Best Supporting.
1: Right, right. So I
0: don't know if we want to knock him out of this based on that technicality or honestly, I'm okay with leaving this category as it is.
1: That's fine. So yeah, I think I'm fine with that. I don't think every time we mention Nicholson, he's needed to be nominated, so I think I'm fine with uh, that.
0: So Best Supporting Actress. So let's think about Eva Green here. So Jennifer Hudson in Dream Girls wins, Adriana Barraza and and uh, Babel, mm-hmm. uh Kate Blanchett in Notes on a Scandal, Rinko kikuchi in Babel, and Abigail Abigail Breslin in Little Miss Sunshine. Hmm young, young, young for an awesome yeah. animation. And she's
1: great. She, she's she's, she's, she's really, adorable. She's yeah. funny. She's cute. But but is it
0: just a child actor right.
1: performance? You know? Exactly. I honestly wouldn't mind bumping her off for Ava Green. Eva Green. Um,
0: I think so. I think we do it.
1: Yeah, because I mean, we've seen ch- child performances in the past where we're like, holy crap, like, you know, Haley yeah. Joel Osment was like, okay, yeah. that Compare was that, Yeah, Compare you know? that
0: performance to Haley Joel Osment's
1: performance. Right, right.
0: It's a different league. My opinion. It, it she really does is. great. She does great, but it's not a it's not a best supporting actress.
1: Right, right, yeah. I, I think I think the movie was so well received that they were like, We gotta throw these different actors in for different categories and
0: Yeah. Wouldn't so. it be fun if we nominated this little girl?
1: Right, right. Um I, I, funny enough, Paul Dano doesn't have a line until halfway through the movie and I fucking thought he was phenomenal. So yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well we talked about a couple of weeks ago the artist one there's not there's right. one line in the whole movie even
1: Steve Carell, even Steve Steve Carell too like so many good performances in that movie that like okay she's yeah. in there she's in Steve there how come? <laughs> another
0: one I'm surprised I think if, if that movie was a couple of years later and Steve Carell was like a bigger star at the time yeah I think he gets a, a best supporting nominee a nomination I, over Alan Arkin
1: yeah I think uh, so too
0: so that's that's the Oscars and now we come to the most important part of the podcast. Derek is going to explain in 30 seconds why Casino Royale is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready?
1: Let's do it. Three, two,
0: one, go.
1: All right. I'm going to say this as fast as I can. I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, eh, I don't want to watch spy movies, and eh, I watch Bond movies. This is not my thing. If you are going to watch one Bond movie, I recommend Casino Royale. I think a lot of people would enjoy this as just a standalone just film in general. Um, I think I showed my wife this years ago, and she really liked it, and she's not necessarily a Bond girl or whatever you say. So if you're going to try one, try this one. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a really cool movie outside of the Bond universe as well. Give it a shot.
0: All right, 27 seconds. And you didn't insult a single one of our listeners. I'm proud of you, Derek.
1: Yeah, you know, I just feel like I'd rather them just watch this movie and not be discouraged by what I said. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's been our episode on Casino Royale with some Bond talk in there. Let us know what you think of James Bond, uh, of Daniel Craig as James Bond, who you think is going to be the next James Bond. Are you looking, for no- looking forward to No Time to Die? Uh, I am uh, really excited about that.
1: Rick, I know I know we were drinking during this movie, but what are we eating? Fish and chips.
0: Well, I mean, he's eating caviar like throughout the movie. Yeah. Do we actually so, see
1: Bond eat anything in this movie?
0: Yeah. He goes, uh it's the scene right before uh Vesper is kidnapped after he wins the tournament. He's like, I'm famished.
1: Oh, that's what right, They are yeah. eating. That's right. Yeah. Go to the restaurant. Oh, and then earlier before that she's like, How was your lamb? And he was like, skewed. <laughs>
0: so yeah that's that's been our episode on casino Royale, and check it out you know it's it's james bond is very fun to talk about i feel like and the you know the series has its ups and downs certainly but this is definitely one of the one of the peaks of the series in my opinion yep so check that one out uh and check me out as well last week I was uh, promoting the podcast on the, uh, on Twitch. I was on a live stream for the, uh, the waffle, po- uh, the waffle box podcast. Our friends over there uh, had a great conversation on their, uh, their live stream called the, uh, uh, the late night syrup. So check them out, give them some attention. They deserve it. It's a great show.
1: Yep. I was uh, there causing shit. So
0: you were Derek, Derek was there being a the fucking shitster and
1: being, uh, be, being a Derek.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Being a being a real, being a, deck- being a real, uh, be a,
1: a real deck bosky. Uh,
0: yeah, so uh, check me out on that and check us out the next few weeks here. Let's go over. Can you believe we're almost upon our 50th episode?
1: Yeah, time really uh, goes by fast, so I'm excited. Yeah, so let's talk, though. We got a few weeks
0: before we do that, before we get to our Countdown episode with Chris Bonaparte, and I'm really looking forward to that one. Next week, Derek, are you ready to talk about what I know is one of your favorite movies of all time? It Chapter One.
1: You have no fucking idea. (laughs) I'm ready to roll.
0: So, can't wait for that one. We're going to be talking uh, Stephen King, Pennywise, The Losers. Can't wait. Week after that, we are going back to the show's favorite director and future guest, Steven Spielberg's movie. Catch me if you can. And Jack Manning is going to be on that one. Then, our 50th episode. And we thought for the 50th episode of the show, Let's do something special. Let's do something that can only be a grand scale movie. Let's go with the highest grossing movie of all time. Let's go with James Cameron's Avatar.
1: I'm looking forward to that as well. I think there'll, I wanna, be, some hot t- there'll be some hot takes. On that I want to well. give,
0: give that movie another chance because when I first saw it in the theater in 3D, on an IMAX screen, I loved it, because that's what that movie was designed to be. And then I saw it again, and some of the flaws became more apparent. So maybe third time's a charm, maybe it, uh, maybe it gets worse. We'll see. I'm looking forward to rewatching that. And then, of course, after that, we welcome our good friend Chris Bonapane back on the show to rank the 50 movies we've talked about, and crown. The inaugural greatest movie of all time champion. Chris,
1: bring your A game, bro. We've
0: got come. We've I've I've confirmed we've got it. We've got a couple of. uh, Get a couple of uh, ballots coming in. So I'm. I'm. I. It's not going to just be your mind and Chris's opinion. So,
1: and I hope the people who sent the ballots in, like, I'm going to absolutely accept if you're like, you know what, I saw 47 of these movies. You know what, there's three I haven't seen. That I will accept that. But don't bring me up like I watched 30 of these movies and I missed 20. I don't want to see that shit. Yeah, get out.
0: Get out here with that. I know the people I've talked about are like, you know, I told them when we're recording the episode and they were like, yeah, I should have it done. I'm just a few more to watch. So, I'm. looking forward to that that's going to be an interesting episode and we're going to uh chris and i i don't know if there are two to join us but chris and i are going to have those themed drinks that we mentioned last week so let's uh, i might let's, just do
1: that i might just do that might
0: might, uh, might have us i don't think we're going to shake the martini we might just stir it but uh i think i think it's a, it's a pretty good uh, pretty good chance we'll be drinking a martini that day so i as always have been your beloved co-host rick barrasso
1: I have been Dechborsky. the great wreck, Dekbowski. That was my Sean Connery impression. I actually did a better one a lot of the time, but this was just not good. Um, so forgive me.
0: <laughs> Your mother, Trebek. Uh, that's all you need for Connery. Yeah. But anyway, fine. keep ordering those martinis, shaken, not stirred.